0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.
1: Hey, Love City Church. So anytime Pastor Ryan wants to do a series talking about mental health, I will be there in the front row taking as many notes as possible. To say I can relate to the things he's talking about is a massive understatement. But the Lord, I feel like, was prompting me to share my story with you, both on how I got stuck losing the battle in my mind for many years and now how he's walking me into the freedom that he has for me. So for years as a Christian, I got stuck in a pattern of knowing God's truth um, but not applying it to my life. And he's teaching me, which might be obvious to some of you, but he's teaching me that it's not just the existence of his promises or His truth um, that allow me to walk in Him, but as a disciple of His, I actually have a part to play um, in receiving all that He has for me. For those of you who know me for a while, you'll remember that my other My Story video, I was talking about how I was receiving breakthrough in my mental health when I started plugging into church and saying yes to my groups, which is true and that's so awesome, but God had more for me still and it wasn't enough for me. Uh, to keep showing up to those things and let other people speak the word of God over me. Um, It was a battle that only I could fight, and that battle started in my mind. When the enemy would come and attack me, I thought I was doing everything I needed to to be victorious. I would show up with my helmet of salvation, my shield of faith. I wouldn't be wearing my belt of truth, but I would have my sword. It would be in its sheath right by my side. I knew it was important, so I brought it with me. Battle after battle, I would be cut, I would be bruised, I would be bleeding, I'd be hurting, I would be exhausted. And without even realizing what I was doing, I would be surrendered to the enemy, accepting everything that he had to say to me. And I would be confused um, why I was defeated when God's word says that he's for me, God's word says that I have the victory, God's word says that he'll never leave me or forsake me. And I am confident that those things are true. So when I wasn't experiencing it, um, my confidence was shaken, self-doubt would sink in and I would feel alone. You see, bringing my sword and leaving it in its sheath was ineffective and it actually gave the enemy opportunity to use it against me. As this pattern continued and all of those false narratives that the enemy had been feeding me piled up, there was so much separating me from the freedom that was mine through Jesus. But the good news is, God is so faithful and even when I didn't see it, He was strengthening me through every Sunday worship group, every scripture, every prayer. He gave me the wisdom to seek um, partnership from the right medication and through that I was able to start to choose to let my life be defined by what God says. I started to use my word, my sword, offensively as protection and this gave the Holy Spirit room to come and work in my life. I'm no master swordsman, but when I would bring out the word of God in front of me, I would see how it would cut through the thickness of any trial or attack that I was up against. So since I started doing that, I'm seeing breakthrough in my marriage. I'm seeing victory over the battles in my mind. I am experiencing joy, which I never ever thought I would experience. And most importantly, my sense of identity is being formed, probably for the first time ever. I used to be—I um, used to let depression and fear and sadness define who I was, and because those were all the things I ever um, related to when it came to my identity. When I st- when I tried to walk out of that and into what God had for me, um, I would panic. But God is kind, and as I started to do that, He of course didn't leave me without identity, but He actually started to show me who I was in Him. Um, And I know there's still so much more ahead for me, but I wanted to celebrate with my church family how far he's taken me already. And I want to encourage anyone who feels like they're stuck and they're losing the battle in their mind that you don't have to stay stuck. There is freedom ahead and it starts with the word of God. Don't just have it by your side, but use it. His word is for us, not against us.
0: Come on, what a powerful, powerful video. Let's just thank Catherine at home. But hit those emojis. What a powerful video. You know, if you know Catherine, you know, I know her very well, and I know that that, she volunteered that video. I didn't ask her to do that. Anytime somebody volunteers to tell their story to a group of people, especially on the internet, (laughs) uh, it means that it's true transformation. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we want to believe today as we uh, are going to walk through the Word today, we're just going to study the Bible. We're going to have moments of teaching and moments of encouragement. Uh, that you're going to experience the same journey of breakthrough in your personal journey in your life. We believe that the Word of God, as we've been talking about, is active and living. Amen? We believe that when we speak the lie and the truth out loud, when we speak the Word of God, when we speak to our soul, that there's power in the Word of God in our life. And so we want to see transformation in your life. Just before we get there, for I, before we get to the message, I want to quickly just let you know that this uh, Saturday we're going to... Um, uh, on Parkland Park uh, I think it's Park 99 or Park 99. Okay, okay. Park 99, and uh, it's from 1 to 3 p.m. You can sign up online, and we're gonna, there's going to be hot chocolate, and we'll have a fire, and there'll be sledding, and um, you know, snowball fights. I'm, you know, I'm sure Andrew and Tyler they love to get in these snowball fight things, and that'll be fun. Now, come on out, join us. It's going to be so much fun, and we just want to, honestly, the heart is, we just want to be together. We're going to create space for us to hang out, you know, and oh, God willing, it won't be sub-zero temperatures, but it'll be just like today. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. So uh, come on out, sign up, and it's going to be so much fun. And uh, we hope that you will join us. So come on, let's get into the Word today. We're going to study the Bible in, uh, in, in the book of um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, just to kind of reiterate some of the things I've said every week, because I want to make sure if this is your first time watching today, that you uh, have the opportunity to hear what my heart is with this series. You know, the, the, we've defined that there's four different types of people here. Maybe you're like myself where you deal with uh, different, uh, you know, overwhelming bouts of anxiety or or, uh, moments of depression or hopelessness in your life where Maybe in the past, it's, for me, it's been a lot longer of a period. And God, thank the Lord, this has been a season of breakthrough in my life. Amen. And so I've been seeing breakthrough in that. But maybe you're like that and you struggle in anxiety or fear, or depression, or it's debilitating and you find you don't know what to do. And maybe you cope in unhealthy ways and, and maybe it's impacted your life. Or maybe you're like my wife who is basically a kind of a steady person. But every time something happens in her life, you know, that's kind of overwhelming. It's like she has these big moments of anxiety or these big moments of of, of kind of like a weight on her shoulders and it impacts her and it doesn't happen all the time but it happens every now and then and or maybe you're in the third category where you don't realize you have any kind of uh, mental struggle but you have a negative narrative in your mind maybe it's from a traumatic experience when you were a kiddo or maybe your dad said something your mom said something or a pastor did something to you or a church experience and what it's done is it's kind of blanketed over your way of thinking and there's just negative narratives that are kind of stirring in your thinking and maybe today you don't even realize that you don't realize that you are struggling in some areas of your your life and maybe you're the fourth one here today and Maybe you are, uh, have been hospitalized uh, for mental illness or been diagnosed or you're taking a form of medication or something of that nature. We want we just want to encourage you today that if you're that fourth category, today's message is not a silver bullet. It's just one of the many truths we learn in Scripture. So we want to encourage you today, take everything you can from today's message and from this series. But we also believe that God gives wisdom to doctors and God gives wisdom to different people, practical reasons, which we'll talk about next week when my wife and I do a QA. and a how to to deal with mental illness in the relationship in a marriage, how to deal with it if it's in your family. We'll talk about medication. We're going to talk about practical things. We're going to talk about just some practical things that you can do to overcome these areas of your mind. But just to say, if you're here today and you've been hospitalized, you're diagnosed, you're on medication, here's my encouragement for you today. Get what you can, but keep seeing that Christian counselor. Keep taking that medication. Keep seeing the people that need to help you. And you say, why? Because we believe that every single part of us is on a journey to figure out what, what, what's going on in our life. And sometimes it takes a little bit more effort partnership with people on in, uh, around us, doctors and people like that. So I wanna encourage you to continue with that. And I wanna remind you that no matter who you are today, every single person in this room and online deals with a, uh, some sort of mental illness. It's called sin. Every one of us was born with a sinful nature and you might not be uh, the first category. You might be the second or third or fourth. Whatever it is, every single person deals with some form of mental illness. It's called sin. And when Adam and Eve chose to sin and, and eat of that fruit, sin entered the world. Our sinful nature entered the world. We were born into to a sinful nature. And so every single one of us here today struggles with an area of mental illness on some level in our minds. So I want to tell you today, you're, do not feel guilty for feeling moments of anxiety. Do not feel guilty for feeling moments of, of fear. Do not feel guilty about feeling moments of, of, um, of depression. You say, Ryan, I'm a Christian. I'm not allowed to feel those things. No, 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 no. That's just your, your body, your chemical reaction, your mind's natural human nature reaction to the things that happen in your life. When something happens and anxiety fills up in your heart, don't feel like, oh man, I'm not a very good Christian or I'm not a very good follower of Christ. No, 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 it's okay. Every single person deals with that. The issue is how do you respond to that thing that happens in your life? The enemy wants to come and establish a foothold. But God wants to come and bring victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. He wants to bring victory in your mind. He wants to bring victory in your heart. He wants to bring victory in your life. And I believe that you can experience that this year, 2021, amongst uh, amongst all everything that's going on in our world, you can experience freedom in your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. Well, I want to get into the thought today. Um, I was just praying, Lord, give me wisdom for where to go next. And that's kind of been my journey every week. I, I honestly didn't have much planned. I just knew I wanted to talk about the mind. I said, all right, Holy Spirit, where do you want to go? And as I was praying, I just kept hearing very clear in my heart this phrase, uh, Ryan, you have the mind of Christ. 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 And I just felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, I think you need to study this idea of having the mind of Christ. And if we look in Second Corinthians today, chapter—I'm sorry, First Corinthians, chapter two, verse sixteen. We'll see our key text today. And we're just going to study through this verse. And the objective of today is to help you understand what this means to have the mind of Christ. Because I think it's going to help you today. I want to teach you a little bit. And then I want to encourage you a little bit today. And my prayer would be is that you won't give up. And you will know today God has a plan for you. He's still at work. He's not done yet. Whether you're here today and you're feeling discouraged, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like, man, I just feel like I'm stuck in my life. God still has a plan for you. God still is working today. God still is moving in your life. Despite where you're at, God is moving in your life. So come on, let's look at this verse today in 1 Corinthians 2.16. But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do not hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. Another translation says this, we do. I said, do not, we do. <laughs> Don't worry. That's a, that's a weird translation. <laughs> But strange as it seems, we Christians actually do have within us a portion of the very thoughts and the very mind of Christ. So, so this is the reason why I felt like uh, I, I needed to share on this because I don't like this verse. I read this verse, but Ryan, we have the mind of Christ and it frustrates me. I've read this for years. In fact, i like to skip over it. I just, I don't have whiteout. I don't do that kind of thing. I just go from 15 to chapter three, verse one, because this doesn't make any sense to me. If I have the mind of Christ, why do I struggle in my mind? If I have the mind of Christ, why do I have anxiety? If I have the mind of Christ, why do I have negative, defeating thoughts? If I have the mind of Christ, why do I have hopelessness in in my mind? If I have the mind of Christ, why do I think sometimes the way I do? You know, this is my conclusion. This verse must be for the real Christians. This verse must be for people who are like my wife, who are just all around a better person than me. She must know Jesus better than I do because this her mind is the mind of Christ. This isn't for a guy like me who struggles with my mind because if you spent one moment in my mind, you'd know my mind feels like sometimes it's not the mind of Christ. And I don't like this verse. and I just It frustrates me that I have the mind of Christ. What does that even mean? I don't know I don't have the mind of Christ. And so is I felt like I wanted to go on a little bit of a journey just to help you understand. And really, this is just me preaching to myself today. To just be reminded today that this is a journey. God has us on a process. And the objective is, if I let the Holy Spirit, He will do something in my mind. But that's the key. we got to let the Holy Spirit renew our minds. Let's jump into this, this context of this verse today. Paul was writing this to the church of Corinth. It was a newer church and... This church was like a very progressive church in a metropolitan city. They were very wealthy. Uh, they were very similar to a lot of churches in Calgary. And they were, they were doing awesome. The Bible says that they had every single spiritual gift within their church. Uh, it was a great church. But Paul wrote the book of First and Second Corinthians to actually correct them. He was correcting them because they were spiritual. They they, they they had great church services and they had all the spiritual giftings, but somewhere along the way, they got stuck on their journey. Somewhere along the way, they were getting caught up in their process of knowing who God was. Somewhere along the way, there was a, a bit of a challenge. They, they were not growing like they used to grow. And so Paul penned these words in, in verse 11 and 12, says, No one can really know what anyone else is thinking or what he is really like except that person himself. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And God has actually given us His spirit, not the world's spirit, to tell us about the wonderful free gifts of grace and blessing that God has given us. But the man who isn't a Christian, the person who isn't a follower of Jesus, can't understand and can't accept these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches us. They sound foolish to him because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand mine, understand what the Holy Spirit means, others. Just just can't take it in but strange as it seems we christians actually do have within us a portion of the very thoughts and the very mind of christ so we have to remember something that this letter this this book of the bible was not written to unbelievers it was not written to quote-unquote pagans this listened to. written to people who maybe were outside of the church this letter was written to the church He's writing an idea here that says, I'm writing the church to let you know there are some of you in the church who are experiencing transformation in your life and there's others who aren't. There's some of you who are spiritually minded and able to understand the things that the Holy Spirit's trying to teach you and there are others who are not. He's writing this. He says, we have the mind of Christ. He's talking about Christ us. He's talking about those who profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. He's saying, listen, there are those who have heard the message of Jesus, they've heard the free message of Christ, and they've received it, and they've allowed the Holy Spirit to begin to change them and transform their thinking, but there are also others who are not as loud, not, not as willing to let the Holy Spirit come and transform their mind and transform their heart. It's very important you understand this. He's saying there's two different types of people in this passage. There are those who are spiritual and those who are unspiritual. Now, obviously, if you're watching today, you say, Ryan, I'm unspiritual. Does that, does that mean that, that, that God can't speak to me? No, no, no. I want you to understand God can speak to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a conscious decision that when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus comes with the message of freedom and life for you, when he comes and says, I want to transform you and I want to make you new and I want to wipe you clean. But it starts by me repenting of my sin and turning to Christ. And putting Jesus first in my life. And what happens is there's a transformation that happens in our heart. But in this verse we see there are two types of people. There are those who are experiencing the thoughts of God and those who are not. One mind in this verse belongs to God and one mind does not belong to God. We often forget that one of the main things that Jesus came to do was to change our minds. He transforms our thinking. He wants to do this work in our in our mind, and it leads to our behavior. It leads to our lives. It leads to our our heart. He he starts in our mind. He changes our heart, yes, but our minds are where the battlefield is and we he begins to do something in our heart, I've read this verse a lot, but I want you to see it in Ephesians 4, but that isn't what you learned about Christ since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, he says, let, everyone say let, let, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous, And truly holy. So you see here that there is a process. There is a putting off and there is a letting. And when the letting happens, when I let Him, when I allow the Holy Spirit to begin to do the work in my mind, there begins a process. There is a process. There is a process that begins in my thinking. It begins to change in my mind and my heart. This word renew in this verse is actually the word to take on something new. To take on a new mind. It means to be spiritually transformed. It speaks to the idea that there is a newness. There's a newness of my mind. This is referring to a process. Paul talks about it again. Romans chapter 12. We know these verses. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve of God's will as His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So this word conform is the word, literally it means to squeeze into a form of, of, or image of something else. So you and I, on a regular basis, are being squeezed into a form of this world. Squeezed by social media. Think this way. Think this way about God. Think this way about morality. Think this way about your Why? Think this way about other girls. Think this way about other guys. Think this, think this way. Think this way. Think this way. You're supposed to think this way. You're supposed to be afraid of this. You're supposed to have worry about that. You Don't don't forgive. Have revenge. Come on. Don't be kind. No, don't. The, the social media, and the media we allow into our minds and the shows that we watch and the music that we listen to, the people that we allow to have voices in our mind and the different things are being squeezed into a mold. And the scripture here is saying do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. And what happens is, is that all of us start to look exactly like the world wants us to look. We start to be squeezed into a mold where all of us are okay. Fear, You should be afraid. and You should be afraid of all that's going on in our world. Squeeze into the mold where you all begin to look and act and think the same. We are conformed to the pattern of the thinking where anxiety and fear fear and confusion. How many of you talk to people that don't know Jesus or people who aren't aware of God's word and they talk about coronavirus or you're talking about all the stuff that's going on. Oh my gosh, there's fear and there's anxiety and there's concern about our economy and there's concern about all these things and it causes depression and you know, one in four people today in Canada now say they have some sort of mental illness in their life because of COVID. We see all of these things. We begin to be squeezed into the patterns of this world and the Bible here is saying that for you and I as spiritual people, we have to be transformed in our thinking. Now this word here, transformed, speaks to something that changes in our thinking, obviously. And see, when we conform to the patterns of this world, we begin to allow the world to tell us that it's okay to be unforgiving. That it's okay to be angry. That it's okay to be have revenge. It's okay to be... Overwhelmed, And yes, it is okay to be overwhelmed at times. And it is okay to have some fear at times. I get that. But they begin to, becomes a normal part of our life, a normal part of our existence. And then Paul says, be transformed. He says, be metamorphosized. Now, you know this, if you've read this before, this is nothing new for those who've read the Bible before, but it says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This process is a metamorphosis. Do you see these, these arrows? What does this look like to you? It looks like a cycle, a process. See, we often think that when we become followers of Jesus, we say a prayer and then we become a butterfly. All of a sudden, we're this beautiful creature. Yes, you are made new in Christ, but I'm here to tell you today that it's a journey it's a process. You begin to get formed. and You go from an egg to this little beautiful caterpillar and then you go into the chrysalis, the cocoon. And in the cocoon, did you know that the entire body of the, 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 uh, the caterpillar is turned into like a soupy-like susten- substance and it eats itself. And inside the chrysalis, inside the cocoon, it reforms itself to something completely brand new, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. This is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to take you from where you were, from just a baby, from just crawling on the ground, to flying, to seeing a new birth, a new life, and, and, and life change in your heart. But it's a process. You have to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. It's a process. It's a constant daily process. I had someone ask me recently, Ryan, this, this mental thing, he called me on the phone and struggled, and says, is this like a daily thing? I'm like, bro, this is a minute-by-minute minute thing. Well, does it ever get easier? I said, yes, it's a process. Right now, you're in the chrysalis, brother. You're in a cocoon. God's working things out of your life. He's transforming you. He's making you new. And yes, it gets hard. And yes, the metamorphosis process isn't always easy. And yes, sometimes it hurts. And yes, sometimes I got to deal. And yes, sometimes I got to look back. And yes, sometimes I got I to deal with all these things in my life. Yes, it's part of the cocoon process, but God is doing something in your life. You might not see it. You might not understand it, but you can't stop letting the Holy Spirit... Cause this metamorphosis process in your life. This word renewed in this verse, the word renewed here, actually means the little Greek word is the word renovation. Be transformed by the renovation of your mind. So we accept Jesus into our lives, we accept the Holy Spirit. We say, yes, Lord, I want you to renovate my mind. And we go from an unspiritual person where our mind cannot understand the thoughts of God to a spiritual person where our mind begins to experience the very thoughts of God and these things that were grooved into our minds. And and the world, what it does is uh, different addiction and, and trauma. It actually forms little grooves in the edge of our head. In our brains, literally, chemical little pathways, And what the Holy Spirit begins to do is he begins to patch those up. And he begins to help in the areas of addiction where you're addicted to alcohol or or, or lust. Or maybe it's pornography. Or maybe maybe you're addicted to the idea of being in fear. Or you just can't let go of that, that trauma. And he comes and he just starts working on your brain. He starts working on your mind and transforming and he starts working in your life and he begins to mold that anxiety and he begins to kind of push on that hard spot of pride right there oh I gotta get that out of there okay I'm just gonna massage this sucker you know because that's a little bit of pride there I'm gonna get some humility in there oh man he's a little bit harsh here I'm gonna get some love going in there okay and what he does is he begins to work on your mind I you say Ryan why do you keep going to this because I want you to see this picture that this is what the Lord does he, in the palm of his hand, he just, the Holy Spirit just works on your mind and he just begins to cut these neural pathways that have caused so much trauma in your life and he just begins to patch those up and his word begins to wash it and he, in the presence of the Lord, it begins to heal you and he begins to change you and even your marriage is being restored and your mind is being set free and he's just loving every second of it. Alright, Lord, keep working on me. Keep working, Holy Spirit. Keep doing something in my life and then he begins to work and something begins to shift in our life. But then what happens is, is that the holy spirit puts his finger right here this area of my life was unforgiveness and he just presses it i say oh i'm done don't touch that see and this is where this impacts us as followers of jesus where it be transformed allow the metamorphosis process in your life and be renovated in your mind see i don't know about you but i i know that 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 whenever the Holy Spirit's working in my life, he, he presses on things and he begins to renovate areas of my life and I'm not sure I like it very much. I'm not sure I like the fact that he wants me to forgive that person that hurt me or I'm not sure I like it very much that I keep isolating myself from community and in fact he wired me to be in community and I just don't like the fact that every time I get in a room I experience tremendous social anxiety and so it's like Lord I don't even want to go in a room with people because I get overwhelmed and he says come on you can do it Ryan come on trust in me have your faith in me God it's so hard like I don't want to deal with people and I perform for them and it's like I feel so overwhelmed he says no 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 it's okay it's okay I got you he just wants to work on these areas of your life he wants you to face your past he wants you to deal the anger, he wants to deal with the unforgiveness, he wants to deal with the pain, he wants to deal with the shame, he wants to deal with the fear, he wants to deal with the anxiety, he just wants to work on your heart. And what happens is, is that we get a little exhausted on the journey. I don't know about you, but we get to a place where we just kind of, we just kind of settle in. We settle into the the realities of where we're at in our life. Now, I own a home and um, I'm not the greatest carpenter. I'm I'm learning, I'm getting better. But, you know, like if you come and look at where I want to hang a picture, there's like six holes before I got it right. And I'm like, I don't even care. I'm not even going to patch it up, you know what I mean? It's like, whatever, I don't care. People are going to know I worked hard to make this happen. But, you know, like he set out to like, you know, we want to do a renovation on our bathroom one day because my wife can't stand our tub it needs to be replaced. And, and, you know, so, you know, but my mind says, you know what, I'm not going to hire a professional. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to save myself some money. I'm going to save myself some time. I'm just going to YouTube the heck out of that thing and be done. Like, I don't have the right tools, but I'll figure it out. And what I do is, is instead of hiring a master carpenter, I try to do it on my own. So as I start working on this project and I start trying to make it happen and I realize I don't have the right tools and I realize that I don't have the time and I realize I don't have the money and I realize I literally have no clue what I'm doing. And I realize over time that I'm just like you know what, whatever the bathroom still works, and it starts. I know this isn't a bathroom, but it ends up looking something like this. You know, we have a kitchen, and we get to work, and we realize, oh my gosh, like never mind. Okay, kids, you're gonna eat on the kitchen counter now, and we're not gonna let people in here. And you have people to your home, and you you develop a new life around our unrenovated house. No, we we just don't use the kitchen anymore, and now we all gather around the little island and have dinner together. And see, many of us get to this place in our life, in our journey with God, where he begins to pull off the drywall and he realizes there's some bad wiring here. And he says, I want to fix it. See, so no, 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 it's too, pain, too, too painful. No, 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 don't touch it. Don't touch the fact that I was molested by my father, which isn't okay, but don't touch it. Don't touch the fact that that pastor let me down. Don't, don't, don't touch the fact that I've got unforgiveness in my heart. Don't touch the fact that I am deathly afraid of death. <laughs> I don't want to die. Don't touch the fact that my, my wife, I don't trust her and I assume the worst of her. Don't touch the fact that I don't want to be in community. Don't you dare try to fix this wiring. And so we say, hey, Jesus, I got it from here. I got it figured out. Let me just finish the job. And we stop letting the Holy Spirit renew and renovate our mind. stop we live life like this or maybe like this where we we just are okay I know even in my house if I step back and look at my house now I'm like oh I shouldn't be okay with the fact that there's seven holes on the wall (laughs) but you know what you get used to it don't you and then people walk in your house you're like hey you know there's seven holes on your uh, holes on your wall I'm like yeah whatever (laughs) we get used to living in a place in our life where fear is normal anxiety is normal depression is normal unforgiveness is normal and I don't want anyone's help. I sure don't want God's help. We get stuck. We come to a place where we get exhausted and we abandon the process. And many of us are still in that chrysalis stage. Many of us are still in that cocoon stage. And the Holy Spirit wants us just to stay patient and continue to fight and continue to work and continue to invite him in and ask him, can you come back? Can you finish the kitchen today? Mind working on that sink? I need you to work on that wiring. I don't like it, but I need you to come and work on that area of my life, God. We can't any longer settle in. But what do we do when we make a mistake in our home? We pick up the phone and we dial 911 Master Carpenter and we say, Master Carpenter, can you come and will you please fix my mess? Jesus, I need you. I need you to fix this mess in my mind. I've tried to do it on my own. I know that hiring you is going to cost me more than ever. Yeah, the cost is big. The cost is everything. The cost is your whole mind. The cost is your whole heart. The cost is your whole soul. The cost is your whole life. But guess what? It might cost more, but it's quicker and it's better and it benefits you. And it doesn't just impact your life. It impacts your family's life. It impacts your wife or your husband and your children and the people you do life with. It doesn't just impact you. This renovation of your mind impacts everyone around you, your coworkers, your family, your mom, your dad. Everyone is impacted when you say yes to the master carpenter. When you allow the Holy Spirit to come and begin to do a work in your life, he begins to work and begins to change and he begins to form. And soon enough, you become the person who has the mind of Christ. He has to work us there. He has to work towards Changing out the windows, okay. We've got to change the roof line, and we've got to change the scaffold the, the, the siding. We gotta he one, a day will come when you will look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have the mind of Christ. I have been renewed in my thinking, I don't have anger anymore, or frustration, and I feel joy for no reason. Do I still feel moments of anxiety? Yes, we all do. Do I still get depressed at times? Yes, we all do. But now I know how to respond because I have the mind of Christ. Why? Because I said yes to letting the Holy Spirit renew my thoughts and my attitudes. The word for you today that I want you to catch is that God is not finished with you yet. He's not finished with you. You might look like this right now, but I want you to know, come on, make that phone call today. Let's call Jesus right now. Jesus, we need you. We need you to come and start doing a renovation of my mind, God. Look at the scripture here in John chapter thirteen, seven. Jesus replied, Listen for you. You don't understand now what I'm doing. But someday you will. You don't get it now. I know when Catherine was going through this, I know uh, she, she told me this before. She says, man, I look back and I realize, Wow. Like, look at the journey I've been and Look how much freedom I'm experiencing. We didn't understand it then. We didn't understand why we were facing the struggle then. Why did I have to go through that? Why did I experience that trauma? Why did I experience that difficulty? We, we don't really understand, but one day we will. Know that God is still working in your life. Philippians 1, 6. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue His work, catch this, until it is finally finished. That sounds like a long process. On the day when Christ Jesus returns. Come on, let's stop walking in this life thinking we got it all figured out or man, I can't move any, move forward because I haven't seen God renovate my mind or heart. Come on, this work happens until Jesus comes back. There's a lot of work to do in our lives and Jesus wants to be involved and he promises that he will finish the work that he has in your mind. He'll finish the work. Come on, I wanna end on this last verse today. A verse that I came across and, and I've just been reflecting on and I really hope that it, it kind of brings us all together for you. I want you to see that that, uh, God wants to do a supernatural work in your mind today. Let's read it in 2 Corinthians 3. Since we have such a glorious hope and confident expectation, we speak with great courage. We're not like Moses. Moses used to put on a veil over his face so that the Israelites, when he came down from the presence of the Lord, they would not gaze at the end of the glory which was fading away. So Moses would go into the presence of God. He would go to the tabernacle and he would be in the very face-to-face with God. And Moses would have to wear a veil as he came down from the tabernacle to the people because he was was shining with the very glory of God. And the people, the Israelites, they they had to wear a veil because they couldn't look at that glory. They couldn't see that glory. They they couldn't perceive that glory. They they, They weren't, their hearts had not been to a place where they could accept it into their lives. They had to wear a veil. Look what the scripture says. But in fact, their minds, all the way back to the Old Testament, the people of Israel, followers of God, the children of Israel, their minds were hardened for they had lost the ability to understand. For until this very day, the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed only in Christ but to this day, whenever Moses read A Veil of Blindness, he says, even now, sometimes when we're trying to understand the things of God, when, when we're trying to move forward in God, when we try to read the Word, it feels like it just doesn't make sense. It, it just doesn't impact me like he says it will. Why am I seeing the fruit of that? Why does it feel like? I don't understand. He says, there is a veil over our minds. And look what he says. But whenever a person turns, whenever in repentance and faith to the Lord... The veil is taken away. The unspiritual mind now becomes spiritual. Now the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. There is true freedom. Look at this. And we all with unveiled faces together, continually seeing as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are, look at this, progressively being transformed. We are in the process of getting a mind that is like Christ, progressively being transformed into the image of Christ from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. What happens is, is that we go on the journey, we get stuck. Pride, fear, anxiety, shame, guilt, trauma, whatever it might be in your life. And a veil comes over our thinking. And we might know God, but we haven't experienced the ongoing transforming process of letting the Holy Spirit deal with the areas of your heart and your mind that you don't want him to touch. But when you do, the Bible says there is liberty. The Bible says there is freedom. That when you turn in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ, there is transformation in your life. Amen. Mom, maybe you're watching today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ. You say, man, I hear what you're saying, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's okay. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I don't, I don't fully grasp what you're saying. It's okay. I want you to know you can today. And it simply comes by turning your heart to Christ. And then he opens your mind up to his word. He opens your mind up to his voice. He opens your mind up to the renovator, the transforming process of God's word in your life. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, or maybe you've been going to church your whole life, he said, Ryan, I profess in my mouth that I'm a Christian, but I don't know if my mind is really being renovated. I don't know if my heart's really being renovated. I don't really know if I'm really experiencing everything that God has for me. I want you to know today, you can experience life change right now. Amen. Come on, let me pray for you today. Father, I just pray for those that are watching today. That God, that they would know that, Lord, you are such a faithful God, that you sent your son, Jesus Christ. man, he was 100% God, he lived a sinless life and yet he died on a cross to appease the wrath of God and he was buried in a grave and he rose on the third day so that you and I can now have eternal life with Jesus Christ in heaven. We can live an abundant life right now on this earth simply by turning our hearts to Jesus Christ. So Father, I just pray right now for everyone watching today in the house and out of the house. Holy Spirit, we let you renovate our minds. We want you to, Lord, it's it's done an enjoyable process at times. But Lord, we want the liberty and the life that you promised for us, God. And so Lord, as Catherine said in her video, yes, God, you want to change us. And yes, there's an effort. But Lord, we have a part to play. And our part is to say, yes, God, Master Renovator, I need you. So we say, God, we need you in our lives. I pray for those who don't know you they would understand the Lord if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, they will be saved. I pray they make that profession of faith right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you need prayer today, you can email us at prayer at lovecitychurch.ca. We'd love to pray with you. If you were new with us first time, go ahead and send us an email, info at lovecitychurch.ca. We'd love to meet you, get to know you. We have a gift for you and we're just so glad that you came today. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.